This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. to the Motorsports Hour with A.J. Allmendinger here in our Charlotte studios. And by the way, Landon Castle is trying to give those of you watching from other states maybe a little perspective on life in the Queen City here in Charlotte. So this is playing off Kyle Busch's recent comments. Uh, Landon tweeted this morning, tired of all these drivers on I-77, Interstate 77, who've never won a late model race. By the way, Landon got over 5,000 likes on Twitter for that one, seriously. Sorry, Landon. That, that, was, that was me. Oh, because you've never, I've never won a late, late model race, yeah. so my bad, dude. Uh, so if, if people, though, are watching, obviously, from all across the country, Interstate 77 is, I mean, being stuck in traffic as a theme on a racetrack every weekend, yeah. it's for real here in Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, it might not quite be an L.A. kind mm-hmm. of issue, but they're starting to try to make it that. So, yeah, you can get jammed up, and, uh, you know, obviously, Landon, he's won some late model races. Yeah, he wants, he's a little fired he wants up today. me to get... Out of the way, I guess. Up, but yeah. obviously, it's where a lot of the NASCAR drivers live, yeah. so anything that's going on in this city is relevant, of course. Now, on the show today, we're going to preview this weekend's NASCAR playoff action at Richmond. Who should we be keeping an eye on? We're going to have that discussion. Also, the 16 playoff drivers share their thoughts on how they've gone from kids with a dream to the height of their sport. And we're going to have interviews with the three major contenders for the IndyCar title at Laguna Seca. You're going to hear from them coming up. And you know, since 1957, Laguna Seca has hosted world-class racing on California's beautiful Monterey Peninsula. But the Indy cars are making their first visit there in 15 years. We now welcome in live from Laguna Seca, two of the guys calling Sunday's championship finale on NBC, Lee Diffie and Paul Tracy. Hi, Krista. Hi, AJ. Yeah, we're really excited uh, about being back at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. It's been some 15 years uh, since IndyCar has raced here. It might be a little bit loud, too, behind Paul and I. There is a test session going on. It's a two-part test session today, so some uh, really good opportunity for the drivers to get some much-needed track time. 
Now, let's put it simply, or as simple as we can, what the championship scenarios are for the championship four. For the leader, Joseph Newgarden, if he finishes fourth or better, it's as simple as this, he wins. How about for Alexander Rossi, who's 41 points back? He clinches if Newgarden finishes sixth or worse. Let's turn the page. It's very similar for Simon Pagano of Team Penske, the Indy 500 winner. He clinches with the same scenario if Newgarden finishes sixth or worse. And for Scott Dixon, the five-time and reigning series champion, well, it's kind of not how he wins because he kind of needs to win the lottery to win the championship. It's how he gets eliminated, and he gets eliminated, Paul, if Joseph Newgarden finishes 22nd or better. So let's go through them one at a time. What are your thoughts on the championship leader, the four-time winner this year, Joseph Newgarden? Well, obviously, Joseph knows how to win races. He knows how to win championships. But so far this year, in the last few races, he's made silly mistakes on the last lap, especially at St. Louis and at Mid-Ohio. When they went to Portland, he was very well coached by Tim Sendrick. He was told who to pass, who to let go by. So I really feel that this weekend, it'll be an interesting dynamic as to whether they allow Newgarden to drive his own race or he is coached through the race on what to do. But having to finish fifth or better is, is no easy task in itself. Yeah, he said that if you finish in the top four in an NTT IndyCar Series race, that's typically a good weekend. All right, let's go to Alexander Rossi, who's 41 back. A big points loss at Pocono hurt him with that opening lap crash. How do you see Rossi's chances this weekend? Well, Rossi's chances, it's, it's all or nothing, really. And he's, I've talked to him in this break, and he said, look, I'm going there to win. Uh, they didn't have a good test session this morning. They weren't very quick. We'll see how it ends up this afternoon as these guys test all day. But it, it's all going to depend on how qualifying goes on Saturday. If he's behind Newgarden, he's got to get in there, get elbows out, get rough, because he's got to make something happen. If he if he qualifies up front and he's, he's up on the pole, he's got to win the race. But... It, uh, qualifying is going to be so crucial on Saturday. The other thing to keep in mind, too, is he has lots of teammates at Andretti Autosport and the Andretti supported car in Colton Herder at Harding Steinbrenner to assist him if need be. Let's talk about the Indy 500 winner, Simon Pagano. He's 42 points back, but still stands a very good chance of being a two-time champion. Absolutely. This guy knows how to win, and he knows how to win championships as well. So it's another... <laughs> similar case with Rossi he's got to go out there and win he has to beat his teammate you can't win this championship unless you beat Newgarden so again you got to look back to the past St. Louis a couple years ago when Newgarden kind of body checked Simon out of the way is Simon willing to do that for a championship is he going to have to do that on Sunday I think he I think he is prepared to do that and then we talk about Scott Dixon. Do you know Scott Dixon has had five results this year that are 13th or worse, and yet he's still here as a championship contender. That just shows how good he is in all of the other races. Absolutely. It's a super long shot for Scott, but hey, this guy seems to know how to win championships. He's won five of them. Anything can happen on Sunday, so that's why you got to tune in this weekend. So there you have it, guys. That kind of lays it out fairly simply or as, as simply as we could for the championship scenarios. And by the way, I used to live in Cornelius, North Carolina. I would go up that I-77 you're talking about. I don't miss it at all. Yeah, you know what we're talking about. I know it's loud there, but if you can hear me, I want PT's body check on Diff to at least knock him out of the frame next time. I don't know if you could hear it, but uh, yeah, I, they, they lay out everything correctly, though. I mean, we're going to talk about IndyCar. I know it's loud there. They said that test session, which is so crucial because these drivers, the series hasn't raced there in 
It's been like 2004. That's crazy. I was a rookie during that year and raced there. It's wow, 15 years. That yeah, is wild. It's, it's a racetrack that is very technical. There's some medium speed corners. I wouldn't say there's some excessive high speed corners. Turn six that leads up yeah. to the corkscrew is probably one of the toughest corners. But Paul said it there. It's all about qualifying because yeah. it is a narrow racetrack. It's hard to pass on it. Track position is going to be so critical. So this test session is big. Some teams tested, I think, early March, but it rained, so only got about a half a test day. And it's going to be interesting to see a team like Alexander Rossi or Simon Pagano, whether they just focus on qualifying. Because if they don't start up front, it's going to be a, a tough, difficult challenge for them to go win this race. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. Tire degradation is a huge deal there. So you can see cars lose up to three seconds during the run. So there's going to be a lot going on. Well, we're scheduled to talk to um, those drivers who are leading the points later on in the show. But you heard Lee and Paul talk about qualifying is crucial. You just mentioned it there. Can you explain why? I mean, we get it. You want to start up front so you don't have to pass as many cars. But why is it so crucial this weekend at this track? Just because it, it, it's narrow. I mean, it really is a narrow racetrack. Uh, when it comes to side-by-side -side racing for IndyCar, I'm not sure it's even the best place. But it's just when you get stuck behind a car, and maybe because the tire degradation is going to be big, it allows for a car that maybe doesn't wear the tires out as bad, easier passing opportunities. But you just have to start up front because if you start within the first couple of rows, you know, starting fifth, sixth, seventh row on back within 10 laps, even if you got a fast race car, you're going to be 15 seconds off the leader most likely. So you have to be up front. That starts with Friday practice into Saturday and putting down a couple of great laps. You saw those Indy cars out on the track right now at Laguna Seca. All right, let's uh, continue the conversation. Simon Pagano isn't the only driver from Team Penske going for a championship. He crossed paths recently at the Brickyard with NASCAR playoff driver Ryan Blaney. Hey man, aren't you one of them IndyCar drivers? Me? Well, this is NASCAR if you haven't noticed. Yes, sir. So, shouldn't you be getting ready for like a Grand Prix or something? It's Grand Prix. Well, that may be so, but we go 200 miles an hour. Well, we go 230 miles per hour. That's good for you, but we race for 600 miles. And we turn right. Well, I drive for the best team in the world. I drive for the best team in the world. Team Penske. Hey guys, are you doing this routine again? Ricky, Bobby, Gene, Gerard, cut it out. We gotta go win some races. But seriously, man, what are you doing here? I won the Indy 500. I live here now. Oh. Nice ring. <laughs> okay, possibly the greatest cameo ever by Roger Penske. I have to say, Team Penske does a fantastic job with the social media, whether it's that or the Penske games. Uh, they have a lot of fun. Yeah. They have enough drivers. They have to. I know. I know. Almost as much fun as Simon Pagano had at the Brickyard That's watching true. the NASCAR race a couple weekends ago. The 16 drivers in this year's NASCAR Cup Series playoffs are all living the dream. When we come back, they're going to explain what that means to them in their own words. Welcome back for today's Around the World in 60 Seconds. We start at a place where we just visited. IMSA was at Laguna Seca last Sunday. Dane Cameron and Juan Pablo Montoya of Acura Team Penske took the win and seized control 
in the DPI Championship. JPM and Dane Cameron, they're on fire. They stopped the Mazda domination. They're looking great going into Petit Le Mans in a couple of weeks to clinch that championship. Yeah, that's right. That's their season finale. Well, three of NASCAR's top touring series are racing this Saturday at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. You've got the Modifieds, K&N East, and the Pinty Series from Canada will all be in action. The Modifieds, the Musket 250, the longest race that they have this wow. year. Also the richest race on tour. Very good. Also on Saturday, American Flat Track hits the Minnesota Mile. Briar Bauman can clinch the Twins' title. He's never won on a mile track, but if he does, he will complete a career Grand Slam. He's going to have to beat his teammate Jeremy's on the miles. The, the two-time defending champion is has uh, been strong, but Briar has been so good all year. He can clinch a championship. Hey, okay, won't be easy. Speaking of Minnesota, that's our next stop on our 50 states and 50 days tour. We're visiting Elko Speedway, located about 30 miles south of the Twin Cities. Elko Speedway is celebrating 54 seasons of racing. Its signature event is the Eve of Destruction, which includes school bus races, monster trucks, drifting, and more. Another big event is this Saturday's Thunderstruck 93, which raises funds and awareness for ALS research in honor of Dan Ryan, a racer at Elko Speedway who died of ALS in 2009. Elko is also the home track for Jacob Gady, the new NASCAR Whelan All-American Series National Champion. But this isn't just a place to race during the summer. Elko Speedway shows the latest movies. They have their own drive-in theater. The track has a concession stand, but fans are allowed to barbecue before the movie. How about that? I drove at Elko in you did? 2010. I did not experience the drive-in part of it, but I, okay. I did drive there. Busy, yeah. They covered the racetrack in dirt, and we ran some dirt modifieds Very on cool. it. Very cool. Sounds like a good time. Don't forget to keep your posts coming for My Track, My Roots. Use that hashtag and send us a pic from your favorite local track. Uh, Lernerville Speedway in Pennsylvania has World of Outlaw Sprint Cars coming up next weekend at last weekend's Automotive Fest. Don't you love that? Automotive I like That's that. Yeah. Chris Schneider and Terry Young Sounds took like top honors. I know it does. That's why yeah. I had to get it in there. <laughs> it does. Let's turn our attention to the NASCAR playoffs. Here's where the 16 contenders stand entering Saturday night at Richmond. All of them have walked their own path, but they all have one destination in mind, the championship. Growing up at the track, uh, watching Dad race, you know, I just wanted to do what Dad did. You know, growing up, all I really wanted to be able to do was, was to race for a living. It's crazy. I mean, it all happens so fast. I definitely got the bug from going to Charlotte and all the big NASCAR tracks, but then when I went to the short tracks, it was like I could finally relate to it and kind of envision myself being out there. Any given weekend, at any racetrack, there's always a kid, man, watching these cup drivers, dreaming of being that cup guy in that moment with that opportunity to win a championship in NASCAR, the NASCAR Cup, that thing. You lose sight of that, you lose sight of yourself. Thousands of drivers across the country would give their right arm to be where you are right now. Do you ever have any chance to reflect on how fortunate you are to be here fighting for a championship at the premier level versus all those other guys? All the time. It's broke. Broke transmission. Just bring it to the garage. We'll go ahead and change the transmission, but that changes the entire outlook of the night for Kevin Harvick random race fans who will walk up and say, man, sorry about your day. And I always turn to him and say, don't ever feel sorry for me. I drive cars for a living. I raced go-karts against a bunch of kids when I was growing up that had every bit as much talent as I did. There's thousands of other you know, young drivers or older drivers that are fighting hard to get their shot to try and make it to NASCAR and have the same opportunity as me. I think oftentimes in your road to doing well, once you are here, you forget about when you just wanted to be here to claim his first ever Cup Series championship. It's Joey Logano who wins. Ah! 
and it's nice to sometimes to take a step back and go, man, I'm racing a race car and it's my job. How cool is that? I thought of, damn, you know, how lucky I am to be doing this, you know, what the chances were of me making it. The odds are against you when you, you try to, you know, take this route to get here. So few drivers make it this far. I think about how easily, you know, my life could have probably turned in a different direction. Would you say your dreams have come true? Uh, I haven't won a championship yet, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say my dreams have come true, but uh, I won a cup race, so we're 90% of the way there. Absolutely. Uh, they have, and yet there's still more to do. Um, not all of them. <laughs> certainly many of my dreams have come true. I certainly would love to have been more than just a one-time champion by now. Oh, without a doubt, my dreams came true to be on a spot like this, to win races. And in fact, probably more than my dreams came true. I didn't dream big enough to be a NASCAR champion. When I started racing stock cars, I don't really know that I ever dreamed of being here where I'm at, you know, with the success I've had. So yeah, I think I've probably surpassed them. You know, the one thing that I really want is that championship. So I'm still dreaming, but I've been very fortunate along the way. Living the dream. People say that. It's a figure of speech. No, it's not. It, it happened to me. We all came from families beating up and down the highways trying to figure out how to live this dream. And all of us were somehow, some way fortunate enough to use our talents and work ethic to live out that dream. So certainly, man, it's living the dream, baby. I think you kind of take that part of that story from Clint Boyer and put that on billboards and blast it through PA speakers everywhere because that's the truth. They should have gratitude, um, perspective, uh, still work to be done, like some of them said, but no question in our grassroots theme, AJ, and you're part of it too, to have a dream to be a little kid racing go-karts and different things and, and to make it to the NASCAR level is, is huge. Yeah, I mean, you just, you, you grow up and, you know, for me especially grow up and my parents, they mortgaged their house three different times to keep me going and... Uh, I, I just never, I, all I knew, I didn't have a specific path. I, I wasn't wanted to be this or that. I just wanted to race cars for a living. That's all I cared about. That's all I ever thought about. And I've been fortunate enough in my life to be able to have said that I've been able to win a Rolex 24-hour race, to win a NASCAR Cup Series race, to win champ car races, and so on. And, you know, it's funny when you hear drivers talk about it because all of us wish for more. Yeah, sure, I, I pictured in my mind, oh, if I could have done this or this. But in the end of the day, we're racing cars for a living. We're sitting here talking about racing, and that's what makes it so special. And we only get to do it because of all the fans that tune in and and bring the sponsors in. Because if the fans aren't watching, the sponsors aren't going to be a part of it. So uh, it's a pretty special thing that all of us get to do. And I think sometimes maybe we lose a little perspective of it because it is your whole life. And you think when it's a bad day, that is the worst thing in the world. But it's really not. And uh, it's... We're all so fortunate because of it. Absolutely, and, and the fans will be living vicariously through those 16 drivers yeah. on Saturday night in Richmond. Okay, coming up, Joseph Newgarden aims to claim the Astor Cup for a second time this Sunday at Laguna Seca. That's right, there's a championship on the line. We'll talk to the IndyCar points leader next on the Motorsports Hour. This kid is the whole package. Every year, Joseph Newgarden has improved in his championship result. First season in 2012, he finished 23rd overall. Next year, 14th. 
next year to 13. A bigger step in 2015 to finish seventh. Last year finished fourth. Joseph Newgarden is the 2017 IndyCar Series champion. He drives the two car for Team Penske in the NTT IndyCar Series and hopes championship number two is in the cards for him Sunday at Laguna Seca on NBC. He controls his own destiny, a finish of fourth or better, gets the job done. Joseph Newgarden joining us from Laguna Seca. And Joseph, most would say the pressure is on the other guys, but tell us why you're not exactly sleeping soundly either, or are you? Well, let me tell you what, this is going to be an action-packed weekend. Uh, the pressure is very high for all of us. You would think that we have a bit of a cushion with 41 points, but I've told everyone all year long, when you double up the points in the season finale, it makes a very difficult task for whoever's leading the championship. And that's kind of what I feel like right now. Um, to finish top five in a race in IndyCar any weekend is very, very difficult, and we have to do that to control our destiny. So we're getting warmed up. You can see my race car behind me. We got some laps this morning. Um, wears the tires out pretty quick here at Laguna Seca, so I think it's going to create a very interesting race and we just got to try and work through this test time make the fastest car possible and hopefully do what we've done all year you won the championship in 2017 you were in contention last year as well uh, but leading the points going to the final race of the season how is this different than your 2017 title run well, on paper, it looks like we have a lot more gap. You know, it's 41 points. In 2017, we only had three points. So it was pretty much, you know, win the race or nothing in 2017. But it doesn't feel that different. We know that if we finish fourth, no matter what anyone else does, that gets us the championship. But like I was saying, just trying to get into the top five consistently in IndyCar every weekend, it's not easy. So for me, I consider that almost a win. Uh, for sure, we have more wiggle room, but I think the pressure and intensity of getting it right on the weekend, still finishing in the top five, that's still difficult enough. And it's very easy to miss by just a little bit. If you saw a couple weeks ago at Portland, we just missed a tiny bit in qualifying, qualified 13th, and put ourselves in the back foot. And that could very easily turn into an out of the top 10 type of day. If that is the case here in Laguna Seca and one of my championship rivals wins the race, then we're boxed out. So it's very high pressure for us. I think it's, it's going to be tough to get it done. From 2017, it doesn't feel that different to me. Well, you mentioned qualifying. I know that's something that's on AJ's radar for sure. So instead, I'm going to ask you about, you said tire wear, the few laps that you guys have had. I mean, this is obviously not a track that you have a lot of experience at. Does that make you kind of stay up at night as well with this? I mean, do you wish you guys were kind of finishing the season somewhere else, or can you take this and sort of run with it? Well, I, I think the for sure having the the extra day today is a big benefit for all of us. Um, you know, we, what I'm trying to do is keep my mindset on a normal weekend. Um, you know, if I think, I think if we start thinking championship too early in the weekend, that's going to be a really negative for us. We're not going to start getting into that sort of mental space until actually race day. So being able to have this Thursday to work through the car, try and understand things a little bit more than a, than a standard three-day weekend is a big benefit to us, especially being three cars, which I think are all capable, helps us work through a lot of the issues early on in the weekend, try and get ahead of the pack. Um, but we're not focused on, you know, where everyone is at, you know, what the championship situation is. I don't think we can start thinking about those things until Sunday. Um, so the best thing for us is make the fastest car, qualify on the pole, and then try and run away with the thing. And, then, you know, we can start assessing where everyone is placed, but not doing that until race days and when you're in the race specifically, I think is the best approach. Well, this is your third year with Team Penske. You know, we talked about you won the title your first year, but you know, how have you grown as a team leader? I just, when I watch you on TV or in interviews, you just seem more assertive as a team leader, just as a person uh, in general. So do you feel like 
from 2017 or even when you started your career, uh, you've just kind of changed a little bit of, of how you go about it and just being more assertive? Well, you get more confident every year. I'm sure you, you know, you understand this, AJ. The, the more years you do this, I, I think just the better it gets. Um, and I don't know if it's an IndyCar thing or not, but experience seems to pay dividends. I think I noticed the same deal in NASCAR. You know, the guys that have the experience, they really know how to get it done week in and week, week out. I think the tough thing with professional racing is you have so much that you're bouncing around every different week that the more years you, years you go through that process, the better you get at it, specifically in IndyCar. You know, we go from a road course to a street course to a short oval to a super speedway back to a road course. It's just a lot of change up. And to, to be able to do that consistently and, and keep the program pretty even, it's very, very hard to do. It looks easy from the outside, but I think once you get into, into it, you realize really quickly there's a lot to learn. So uh, for me, I feel a lot more confident at Team Penske. When I came in in 2017, it was a huge organization, you know, 10 times the size of anything I was used to, and I, I felt a little bit intimidated. You didn't want to be the new guy coming in thinking he had any authority or, or much say, but now you know, I feel confident that I'm a big part of the organization as far as direction and leadership, um, but all of us have that. I think all the drivers... Will, uh, Simon, and myself, we have to be pushing the team forward with, with direction and what we're doing. That's, that's the only way we get on top of the competition is to be able to, to set the right direction for the engineers and the whole group on where we need to take the race cars. But the more years you do that, the better it gets. And, and I think 19 has been my mo most comfortable year for sure. Well, you, uh, you bring up the name Simon, Simon Pagano, your teammate. Uh, you know, I've been with Team Penske. All the information is shared. There's, there's no secrets. But on a weekend like this where you're facing your teammate as, as one of your main title rivals. Uh, do you, as a team, just kind of keep everything a little bit closer to yourselves and, and maybe not give all the secrets that you've learned throughout the course of the weekend? Or is it the same as every weekend? It's all information is out there and the best who it is beats, beats the other guy. It's, it's all out there, man. You know, we don't hide anything. We never do. Um, the Team Penske way is, is what's good for one car is good for all of us. Um, you always want to be the best of the team, you know, for sure. I want to win the championship and, and Simon wants to win it himself. But I think what's worked for us is we keep an open book. And I think the benefit, the benefit for me is, you know, if, if I'm close to Simon, it's a good thing. If we're, if we're both fast, it helps both of us. And the closer I am to him, the better it is for me. So, you know, we, we keep everything open like you asked. Um, and I think it's going to benefit benefit us in the long run. We start trying to fight each other or, or doing something different than we've done all year. That's probably where we're going to get in trouble. But if you think back to 2017 when we were all close in this championship battle, we all worked really hard. We qualified up front together. You know, we, we put ourselves in the best position, and then Simon and me ended up finishing one-two. And I think that's you know what we're going to try and do again this weekend. That's that's the best approach. Okay. On a lighter note, off track. You got engaged in Japan a while back. How has Ashley been through this title run? I think she's getting a lot more used to, you know, my mood swings, which is which haven't been good. It's it's tough. Oh man, you, I tell you what, it's just it's it gets really difficult towards the end of the year. You you start to think about the championship a lot more, even when you tell yourself not to. It's impossible. You just have to think about it, and these scenarios keep running through your mind. Specifically, the last two weeks after Portland, you think about every different scenario that could come into play to win it or not win it. And it just really starts to play on you. And, and for me, I, I've become a little bit more difficult to be around. But Ashley's, Ashley's been great. She understands that we got to get through this little tough part, and then hopefully we're going to have a nice offseason. Um, but, it, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a busy year. I told people we had two weeks off from Portland. I've had so much stuff going on personally in my life that it's almost been a blessing. It's kept my mind off things. I've, all the work's been done. We haven't had to, you know, really 
hammer out a bunch of work in these these two weeks before this final event. So for me, I've been working on personal stuff and take care of my personal life, and that's that's just got me to this point a lot quicker. So I didn't have to dwell on it in my mind. That's great. Yeah, Krista, the uh, the other half of of the the race car driver wife yeah. scenario is. They're unfortunate because we are very moody people, so it's, said, it's not it. He said we, Joseph, like that's both of you, I guess. Well, I mean, all race car drivers are moody, so so unfortunately the ladies have to deal with that. But, Joseph, good luck, man. Uh, it's fun talking to you. Have a great weekend. Go out there and, uh, and put on a show for all of us watching on NBC. Appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoy the show. See ya. And that show, IndyCar Championship Weekend, officially begins tomorrow at Laguna Seca. You can see each practice session on NBC Sports Gold's IndyCar Pass and qualifying on Saturday here on NBCSN. Then Sunday at 2.30 Eastern, it's the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey on NBC. And you know who else will be there? Lee Diffie and Paul Tracy. They rejoin us now from Laguna Seca. Hi, guys. Hi, Krista. Hi, AJ. Yeah, it's good to be here at uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca with a, an IndyCar champion, the 2003 champion. And also our PT won here at Laguna Seca twice, back-to-back -back years. So he knows how to get around here quickly. Good to hear from Joseph Newgarden there. And Joseph certainly got an air of confidence about him this weekend. So we've heard from the championship leader. Now let's join Marty Snyder to hear from one of the chasers. Lee Simon Pagano already has the biggest prize in IndyCar in 2019. That, of course, that's the Indy 500 win, but he'd love to add the Astro Cup to that for the second time. So you have to win. Your teammate has to finish fifth or worse in order to do that. Is that a scenario you could see playing out on Sunday? I, I really don't know. I don't read in Crystal Bowl, but, uh, you know, I think we've got a good shot here. We've got a good chance. Uh, first of all, we're going to make sure Team Penske can win. That's, that's, that's the goal. So we're working really closely, all three together. Um, try to improve the car and make sure that we, we get to that level we want to be at. But um, so far this morning, baseline was, was quite interesting. It was quite good. Um, tire wear was uh, better than we expected. So uh, lots of good surprises. But we still have quite a few answers. You know, simulator these days yeah. are so impressive. Um, and and you, you answer questions on the simulator, you go to the track and you try to correlate. So today's a test day. How does that work out with a teammate you're trying to be for the championship? Is it still open, flowing information between the two teams for you guys? Yeah, and that's our policy, uh, Tim Penske. We, uh, you know, books are fully open. Um, I have access to every data that Will and uh, Joseph use, and so so do they with me. So it's uh, we still have a great atmosphere. We work well together. Uh, at the end of the day, it's going to be the best man's going to win, and uh, there are a lot of things you can't control. So um, personally, all I got to do is be the best I can be this weekend focus on myself and hopefully win the race. Does it help you to know that that's your one scenario? You've got to win the race. You've got to go and do everything you can do. While, while you know, Joseph and his team have to do a lot of math all day long. Yeah, it's comfortable for me because, um, first of all, we've won the biggest race uh, of the year uh, with Indy. So, you know, a lot of weight is off our shoulders. But um, I'm, I still have a strong fire burning inside, and, and I want to go get this championship. But... Uh, you know, what we have to do is simple, uh, just focus on ourselves. But I've been on both sides. You know, I've been <laughs> I've been leading the championship coming into the last race, and, and now I'm on the other side. Quite frankly, it's, it's, it's about doing the best you can. All right, let's talk about this test day. How important is this test day to learn information? Because when you guys were here in February, I mean, it was drizzly and cold. You got no information from that day. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that day was so cold. It was 50 degrees. The tires were not working. And today is completely different um, the track feels really nice and, um, and and then you get to really try a lot of things you can take your time what lap time doesn't matter as much but uh, 
you know, every time you go out there on track, you need to be confident because slowly throughout the weekend, you build that confidence up, and that's really going to help in qualifying. Liam Paul, Simon Paginot, as we mentioned, has the Indy 500 in the bank. Championship ring's not on, but he'd love to add another championship ring in 2019 for the title. That championship ring sure looks good, Marty. Thank you very much. Nice to have Marty Snyder back on the IndyCar side of things as well for the finale. You know, Paul, it's worth noting that one driver other than Joseph Newgarden has led the championship this year, and it was the driver we just heard from, Simon Pagano. In your championship mind, what does your racing gut tell you? Is Pagano going to get it done? Who's going to win this thing? Well, I don't want to give anybody bad luck because, like, when I watch NASCAR races on TV and I get on the social media and I say, go, Jimmy Johnson, go, something bad happens to him. But if I had to make a bet right now, if I was going to Vegas, I would probably put my money on Newgarden. He's done a great job this year. He's built a points lead. He's had a couple of hiccups in the last few weeks, but I think after Portland, he's kind of settled himself down, and I think he's in the driver's seat. And remember, when they become champion, their name goes on the Astor Cup. And Paul Tracy's name is on that beautiful trophy, and three of the four contenders already have their name on it. Alexander Rossi does not. We'll see if he can get it done this weekend. Krista? Yeah, thanks, guys. And we're going to check in with Alexander Rossi coming up later in the show. Last weekend's playoff opener at Las Vegas was good for some, not so good for others. So which playoff drivers are the ones you have to watch in Richmond? We will discuss that when we come back. And a few moments ago, you saw and heard from Joseph Newgarden. Oh, look, his team likes it. Very Open cool. them up already. <laughs> Championship. Shake up the round of 16. The Monster Energy Cup Series playoffs roll on at Richmond Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern on NBCSN. Our weekend coverage from Richmond begins right here tomorrow morning, bright and early, 9.30 Eastern, and continues well into the night with Cup Series qualifying and the first playoff race for the Xfinity Series. All right, AJ, you are in the playoffs. You know the pressure that these drivers are under. Let's go ahead and talk about a couple of the ones you're really watching. William Byron? Yeah, the one, yeah, William Byron kind of stands out to me because he's a little bit under the radar. And I'm not going to say there's no pressure on him because you're driving for Rick Hendrick. There's always going to be pressure on you when you drive for Rick Hendrick. But he's really done everything in his second season in that race car that's kind of checked off the box. The one thing he hasn't done, obviously, is win. But, you know, with Chad Knauss, it's almost like with Jimmy Johnson was supposed to make the playoffs. He doesn't make the playoffs. So the spotlight's a little bit on Jimmy. Then Chase Elliott, knowing what he's done the last couple years, and even with Bowman getting a victory, it's like William Byron in that 24 team can just be a little bit under the radar. We see here at Vegas, he spins, gets fortunate, the caution comes out, doesn't hit anything, was able to pit, stay on the lead, lead lap, and drive all the way back up to seventh place, which has him now 13 points above the cutoff. And I kind of relate that to Say a college team that's got a, a, a huge deficit and supposed to lose by so many points. Right. And it's like, oh, the first half, they kind of stay in the game. It's like, oh, the third quarter, they're still there. Next thing you know, fourth quarter, it's like, wow, this team's not going away. And that's what I look at. William Byron, they get through Richmond. He finished 13th there uh, in the spring. Okay. They get through that race solid. He's pretty quick on road courses we've seen. You go to the Roval, and, and yeah, that's a different road course by no means, but that's a team that can really slide under the radar. They make it to the second round. It's like, okay, all of a sudden, next thing you know, they make it to the third round. Teams start looking at them going, 
wow, they're a team that can really get in there and start fighting for us to try to make it to Homestead. So I'm very intrigued, and especially with Chad Canals, because he, he's so used to working with Jimmy Johnson, and they've kind of grew up together as crew chief slash driver. Well, now he's got all experience bringing this young guy up, and I like what I'm seeing out of William Byron. Yeah, there seems like there's something going on there, because even in Vegas, the very first practice, William Byron had the quickest lap right up until the very end of that practice, but still had, I think, the fastest five-lap average. Um, they just sort of are thriving, maybe because they're under the radar a little bit, but thriving with the pressure. Yeah, and I really think the first round is, is their biggest round, because they got through Vegas, and yeah, the Hendrick cars have been fairly quick on the mile-and-a-half yep. racetracks. You go to Richmond, which... Maybe not his best racetrack, and, and the Roval, anything can happen. We saw that last year. Then you look at those racetracks. Dover, he's, I think he's really quick there. He's been, and, and let's, let's talk about, he's been in championship pressure. Right. Trucks, Xfinity. Won the he, Xfinity championship. Won, yeah, so he knows how to get the job done. Kansas, those are racetracks he can be very strong at. So it, I, I just... It's it's just so intriguing to me about what can happen with that team if they can get through the first round. Okay, so maybe they're under the radar. What about a team that has the spotlight shining brightly on them with with Kyle Busch? I mean, how much do we put? How much weight do we put into this sort of losing streak that he's on? And what's his losing streak? Like 13, 13, 14 13, races now. Yeah. Like the, that's, that doesn't even that, count. No, <laughs> yeah, okay, Kyle Busch, that that counts, but I'm not worried about it. He is 36 points to the good. What, what's his weakness? Where, where, what's the weakest track he goes to? I don't know if he has one. Yeah, there is none. So that's the point. That's the fact that Kyle Busch gets the job done wherever he goes to. That 18 team, Joe Gibbs Racing, they're going to have fast race cars. Okay. What, You're not worried. What, what happened in Vegas, whatever. Okay. He'll probably go to Richmond and probably win the race. You never know. All yeah. right, that's why we watch. Last year, Alexander Rossi was runner-up in the race for the IndyCar Championship. How does he plan to go one spot better? We're going to talk to Alex when the Motorsports Hour returns. We'll see all season long. Checkered flag is out. Rossi wins by 20 seconds. A day after this year's Indy 500, Nate Ryan said of Alexander Rossi on this show, when he puts his helmet on, he is the most mesmerizing driver maybe in the world. Wow. He will certainly be one to watch Sunday as he tries to claim his first IndyCar title at Laguna Seca. And it's a busy day out in California. Alexander Rossi joins us now on the Motorsport Hour. And Alexander, California is home. When you heard Laguna Seca was going to be returning to the IndyCar schedule, what was your reaction? I was super excited. Uh, you know, this is the place where I was first uh, introduced to racing at three years old. My, my father brought me here as a little kid. Don't really remember that part of it, but uh, it became our father-son uh, annual trip that we did, and, and I came here seven years in a row, and it's really where I fell in love with racing and IndyCar in the first place. So you've been on the racetrack so far today. How, how has it gone? 
It's gone okay. I mean, the first sessions, obviously, uh, you kind of do the installation check. Everyone waits around and plays chicken because uh, no one wants to be the first car out there. So we got about 15 laps in. My teammate Ryan and I actually did a car swap because uh, we had two very different setup philosophies on the car. And uh, I think we have a direction now going forward for this afternoon. So you feel good about what you guys were able to do then with that strategy or that, that play during practice? Um, I, I feel cautiously optimistic about it. I think, you know, we'll know a lot more after this afternoon. Like I said, no one really did a whole lot of laps this morning. The track was pretty green. So as the Firestone rubber continues to go down and we have more of an understanding, um, you know, we're going to run about three sets of tires this afternoon versus just one this morning. So we'll have a much better picture of it. But right now, I think uh, we're fairly happy with what we got. So obviously, you know, the, the main objective is to go win this race to try to, to win the championship. Laguna Seca being a racetrack that is a, a challenge to pass on, do you focus more on a qualifying setup through Friday and Saturday than maybe at really the other races that we've been to this year? Um, yeah, yes, I think that's kind of where we're at right now. The, the one thing that can kind of throw a wrench in, in the works of, of that philosophy and strategy is there's a lot of tire dig here. So, you know, you have to have a car that you can start on the front row with. Um, that's a given. I think, you know, over 80% of the races here um, have been won from the front row. So you have to place a priority on that. But at the same time, you can't have like three or four second fall off in degradation as this thing goes on because as hard it is as it is to pass here, if you have that kind of dig, you're going to go backwards anyway. So you got to place a, an emphasis on qualifying for sure, um, but you can't completely ignore the race car. So it's a, it's, a, it's a tough challenge for all of us. Definitely makes Saturday important. I know you and I were talking about that. Uh, Alexander, many drivers would love to just come close to an IndyCar title, to know they've been in contention. Um, I know yesterday Jeff Gluck tweeted a quote from you that explains your mindset, um, that second, which you've been before, doesn't feel great. Can you talk about, I guess, knowing you're in contention, you know you have a shot at the championship. Uh, I know it won't be easy, but just your experience with, with kind of where you finished in the points. You know, it's, it's good to be in the conversation. Obviously, we'd, we'd love to be in Joseph's shoes and, and have the cushion that he does. But ultimately, um, you know, for us, it's, it's another race weekend. You know, every, every race prior to this point, you have the goal of qualifying on pole, winning the race, and, and just controlling your destiny from there. And really, that doesn't change for us in a way. We actually have less pressure than him. Um, you know, we can afford to be aggressive and, and go all out for the win where, you know, he can't. He has to be in a position to where he's he's in the top five. And, um, you know, I think that's almost a harder job uh, to do. So, you know, if we just go out and, and play our cards as we would every weekend and just try and put together the best possible race car and race weekend, um, then hopefully uh, the chips will fall in our favor. With the success that you've had this year, uh, is there something that stands out to you from just throughout the course of this season, whether it's good or bad, something that you wish you could change or or just something that stands out of, of such a great week weekend such as Long Beach? Um, you know, I think you, you always look back on, on, on race weekends that go poorly for you because you just you see those as, as missed opportunities. So obviously I think the highlight for us is Pocono. Um, you know, not even getting a shot uh, to have a good weekend. It, it is what is predominantly a really good track. Those 500-mile races have been really strong for us uh, since I came to the series. So that one's disappointing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously we had two really strong race wins this year. Indianapolis we have to look back on with, with a good um, memory because even though we didn't win the fact that we were there, we were able to fight for the win with kind of a 10-lap shootout there with Simon was was a really amazing thing for, for the series, for the race, for us as a team. So, you know, there's definitely been some highlights. I think in general, you know, the 27 Nap Andretti Honda car has been stronger 
uh, than we were in 2018. It's just we've had a couple things that, that haven't gone our way, but uh, we still have time to change that this weekend. Now, when your focus is on this weekend, trying to go out there and, and get your first championship, but you have re-signed going into the next couple of seasons, is there somewhere, uh, a certain type of racetrack or something that you just feel like as a race team, going into next season, you probably really need to be better, whether it's a short oval or just a, a, specific, a specific type of racetrack? No, you nailed it. Short ovals were, were <laughs> frankly, pretty terrible on them. So that's that's got to be our, our, our huge focus for us going forward. I think we've made a big step forward on road courses this year, which were uh, admittedly weak for us last year. I think in 2018, we were mega on street courses, good on the super speedways, poor on road courses and short ovals. I think we've ticked one of those boxes, but, you know, the short ovals are, are big weaknesses of, of this whole team, and it, it hasn't always been like that. So, you know, I think as, as a whole at Andretti Autosport, we have to find a way back to the success that we've had on short ovals in the past, and um, fortunately, we have six months to do that, and uh, hopefully we can pull it off, because once we do that, I think we really eliminate most of our weaknesses. Well, I know the focus is on this weekend, so no matter what happens, just enjoy the ride, okay? Thanks, Alexander. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. And the talk is almost over. Soon it'll be time to go racing. Who is going to celebrate this weekend at Richmond and Laguna Seca? AJ shares his picks when we come back. I was there. That was my really? first time visiting an, a kart race wow. back in the day. Champ car, IndyCar now. You watched Alex Zanardi make I that pass. I watched Alex Zanardi make that pass. Brian Herter was going for his first career win. Mm -hmm. Thought he was going to get it, and AZ made the pass. Wow. I don't know if we're going to see something like that this weekend, but so. who do you think is going to win that IndyCar championship? Championship, I have to go with Joseph Newgarden. Having that points lead. He's been solid all year. He's had a couple of mishaps, but I just like his attitude. I like where Team Penske is at. All right, has the 41-point advantage. What about the NASCAR Cup race in Richmond? Who is your race winner? You said Kyle I, Busch I said Kyle, but I was just joking. I'm going to go with Joey Logano. He okay. finished second in the spring race mm -hmm. there. He's been very strong multiple times. He has okay. wins at Richmond. So Joey Logano, that 22 car, it's going to be a Team Penske say, a weekend. Penske one-two punch. All right, that's going to yes. do it for the Motorsports Hour. Remember, we've got the NASCAR playoffs Friday and Saturday here on NBCSN, and then the IndyCar Championship Sunday. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.